There's always going to be people that are sexist. There's always going to be people that are racist. I that is not in any and anybody that thinks there's some Shangri-La utopia where there are going to not be bigots I, of any stripe no, is, right. is fooling I, themselves. I agree but with part if of that. We solve that, poverty, that money. Then we solve most money, of those problems. Ugh, I almost said. I almost said unironically and totally unaware of the cliche, money is the root of all evil. But it is. Like, the reason, I think, in large part that O.J. Simpson, because come on, that motherfucker killed those two people. Oh, everybody knows O.J. Simpson <laughs> killed her. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. Oh yeah! God, I'm having a good week. Why is your week so good? Well, I mean, compared, it's, it's a fine week. It's a fine week comparative, but compared to last week... Where I was really just, I, I just sucked dry. Like the police shooting of, of Adam Toledo and not sure like where the show and thing. Like it was just like the standard every day of the 2020, the longest year ever that won't fucking end despite what the calendar says. That whole bullshit, right? But this right, week, yeah. this week... I'm seeing this some past week, momentum yeah. at work. Yeah, la- yeah, the last week. Uh, I'm seeing some momentum at work with the projects I'm on. So it's like all the insanity that's happening is starting to take shape, which is good. But that's like that's normal. That's part of the gig. Yeah, right? yeah, that's the way. That's part of the gig. Um, the the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict that filled me. I I'm a happy boy. I have I have gone back to watch <laughs> to watch Derek Chauvin hear the verdict read and just watch yeah. his stupid fucking beady eyes bounce back and forth thinking, well this can't I'm a cut no way. Come on, this can't happen to me. I've watched that on repeat over and over again the way that I used to watch Marvel films just to make me feel better. Like just as a I want nothing something that's just going to tickle about, me a little I, bit. I, I, I mean, I'm uh, thrilled. I I was thrilled that it happened, but I uh, wasn't surprised. It, it's amazing to me how many people were so surprised by it. I was no more surprised by it than I was that uh, Bruce Willis was dead. Wait, Bruce in, Willis is dead? No, in the movie, the fucking oh, well, that uh, I shit see dead was people. Very movie. clear from the moment that kid said. Well, to that's Bruce what I'm Willis, saying. I, I, I watched. Yeah. I watched. I watched the first half of the prosecution, and it was so cut and dry, and they were so yeah. thorough. That's true. And I went, <laughs> yeah, okay. This isn't going to go the way that... Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. so fucking obvious where this was going to head. The, the, trial, the, 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 the trial was kind of like an M. Shamalama Ding Dong movie where you know exactly what's going to happen despite the potential for twists Oh, yeah, the potential and, you know, for twists. No, it's and, really you know, obvious. I mean, You're not that good of a writer, buddy. Yeah, you know, exactly. And but, it was still, just like, but still, but still, like, it could have gone the other... It really could have gone the other way because... We don't well, see no, that's this what often. we're used to. That's what we're so used that's to. Right. That's yeah. what we're used yeah. to. But and it's like I said, you know, and, I, and I, the thing is, I don't think there's anything wrong with the system as long as we're paying attention. What we do is we forget to pay attention because we just assume it's either going to work or not. I mean, it's, I, I think it's a perfect, I think the election, uh, the 2020 election, 2016 election failed miserably for most people because we weren't paying attention. We took we took it for granted it for that granted. it was just going to yeah. work. Yeah. And in 2020, we did not take it for granted and busted our fucking asses, and it and it worked well, in it, our favor. It worked. It I, just didn't, in 2016, it just didn't work in our favor. Well, no, it, it didn't work in 2016 for, I mean, because we took it for granted. We, I mean, in terms of the Democrats, in terms of Hillary Clinton, in terms of the most improbable person in the world well, yeah. literally becoming the president, I mean, it worked. But he that, was, yeah, he was that's legit. that's the system. If you don't it, do your homework it, and show up to you win don't, and Hillary ran yeah. a shit campaign and we weren't, yeah, sh- yes, it, it worked exactly as it should. Of course he uh, won. All right, all right, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. And so I think, I think the system, it's sort of like if you watch... Uh, if you watched the Rodney King trial, and that's what I was reminded of. Yeah. I mean, because I, yeah. I was I was alive and, and cogent. You were four, what? No, I was... No, you were 14. It was, what, 91, 92? So I was, was 94. No. OJ the was The trial 94. itself. 
Oh, OJ was done. You're right. You're but right. No, You're but absolutely you know, it's a good right. Point that was OJ. Thinking that was about OJ. both. I was thinking about both yeah. today. Like just like I was thinking about um trials that like captivated huge the televised trials yeah and yeah. you're right i was i was 13 15 years old 12 11 yeah. to 15 years old when that when rodney king and oj was happening and i remember th- tonight i was actually as i was putting as i was rocking here and he was starting to nod off and i'm my mind drifts and i was thinking oh my god i'm so glad that i didn't give a shit enough back th- that i was just a kid yeah because yeah. i feel like oj's trial went on for years Oh did no! It, I, I mean, don't it was weeks. It was weeks. It was weeks and weeks and weeks. It was a long fucking trial. Judge Ito, all it, that shit. It felt like you know. But the years. thing about it is, if and you, if, if you I had look been at that both, invested in it, I would have gone fucking crazy. I remember thinking, "Thank God the the uh, uh, Oklahoma City bombing happened," because I was happy to hear something else in the news other than OJ. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, the thing about it is, if you look at the Rodney King trial and you look at the OJ Simpson trial, what you can see was the prosecution... And you can go ahead and argue that they they, they they punted it, and I don't think that's the case. If you look at all the transcripts and you look at all the background, they didn't punt it. They just, they just thought they had a good enough case. Mm-hmm. And so the prosecution in both those cases, mm-hmm. they thought they had a good enough case, and so they didn't believe in overkill in that situation. Right. So in Rodney King, these four guys... That were videotaped, very similar in its own way, videotaped beating the shit out of Rodney King. Um, I mean, those guys should have been guilty. They got off. Like, that was extremely Well, they were guilty. The thing, yeah. is, the, the thing is, they yeah. were guilty, but the prosecution did they not it. Right. slam dunk it. They didn't, they didn't take it seriously. It's, I don't even think it's that they botched it. They just didn't take it as seriously. This prosecution for the Chauvin case, those motherfuckers said, okay, here's the deal. We are going to... Beat the hell mm-hmm. out of every any piece of evidence, any witness. I mean, you know, they had like the guy that was that was a block away mm-hmm. that had heard Darren Chauvin's name before. He was a, he testified. I mean, it's just like you know, Derek Chauvin. Well, they learned from the Rodney second King grade trial. Yeah, his sec his second grade teacher came in to say, yeah, he was kind of a bully in second grade. Whatever. They got everybody. Yeah. So there was no question in my mind that the prosecution was not going to blow this. They yeah. were going to they were going to nail this down. And then when you watch the defense, they just gave up. They were like, "There's oh, we got nothing." Here is my favorite thing. I mean, got nothing, man. They, they had they had nothing. Yeah, right. They had nothing. But the best part, the cutest part of their defense, and I don't mean to shit on the attorney. What's his name? Um, Eric. Hey, whatever. The, you know, I mean, whatever the fuck his name is. Whatever is it his Eric name is, we I don't know. Like, I don't care. He's, he's doing the right. Somebody he's doing has his to job. He's doing yeah. what he's hired to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, whatever. But it was adorable when at the end, after closing arguments were done, mm-hmm. and he tried to get the judge to declare a mistrial to, because the prosecution was mean. Yeah. Because yeah, they were I, making oh, no, fun I, of their stories. Or, like, oh, that. Yeah, and, oh, and, but also good for him. He's doing everything he can for his He's, client. He, he had and, zero. <laughs> yeah. He had nothing to save his ass, and so he, he, he did. Now, here's a question that I, I think is actually more important, because I, cause I'm with you. I, I mean, I only watched the verdict the one time, but... Uh, Oh, you know, and I, I was, I was, and so I was good. happy about it, but it wasn't surprised. So it wasn't like I went, "Oh my god, I have to look at it and feel this overjoyed." I went, "Yeah, this guy murdered somebody. We all saw it a million times." Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay, that's the way it's supposed to work. But the question that I have, and I know you have, is, 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 is what does this verdict mean? Because right. there's a lot of commentary about what this verdict means. I want to, I want to read a, at least a couple of bits and pieces that I read today. Charles Blow, we've talked about Charles Blow. You mm-hmm. don't read him, but he's in, he's a columnist for the New York Times. He writes, It is important to remember that the verdict against Derek Chauvin didn't change a single police union rule that protects officers from incriminating themselves. It didn't change a word of the criminal code, which can shield them from prosecution. It didn't alter a single federal or Supreme Court precedent that prevented them from being convicted. There are enormous hurdles to overcome in the arrest, charging, trial, and conviction of an officer. What this case demonstrated was that there is, at least in this jurisdiction and with these jurors, a limit. It took a case so obvious, so egregious, so depraved, that it could clear the hurdles. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And then, I, I probably won't read the whole quote, but uh, one of the things that I, I, Farhad Manju in the New York Times 
Um, he writes a lot of stuff, but the comprehensiveness helped overcome what is often a central defense in such cases, that the camera doesn't tell the whole story. In 91, there you go, mm -hmm. uh, Los Angeles police officers were videotaped mercilessly, be mercilessly beating a motorist named Rodney King. Four charged in the case were acquitted in 92 in part because their lawyers argued that the camera concealed as much as it revealed. Their contention mm -hmm. was that the camera was far too far away and offered just a two-dimensional version of a scene that was highly complex. So when you look at you know, this. Now, I, I, I'm going to throw a couple other facts at you, mm -hmm. and then I want to hear what your thought. Because, again, it's like, all right, so where does this leave us? Yeah. All right, so here's some, some pieces of information that I gleaned from a, a number of sources. Washington Post was one of them. In 2020, there were 1,021 fatal police shootings, and in 2019, there were 999 fatal shootings. So the, Shootings, you know, the but not just deaths. Fatal, fatal, no, fatal shootings. Fatal means death. Because so, yeah, Chauvin are, wasn't a shooting. Chauvin is a death. I know, I know. Eric Garner is a death, not yes. a shooting. Well, I, I understand it. This, okay. I'm just talking straight up shootings. This is because they don't, they're, they actually, I couldn't find any information about just, just that like kind of. In custody uh, I, stuff. Yeah. yeah, in custody. I couldn't find yeah. any information. That, so all we've got is shootings. Now, approximately two thirds were victims with weapons and intent to harm. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, so so only a th right. I say only so a third of these these deaths, so about three hundred and thirty of uh, each year, are people that were just shot for either mistaking, you know, they didn't know there was a gun, or you know, or there wasn't a gun, it was a ham sandwich, whatever. Most were inner city. <laughs> I always think well, about that that line from I Casino know. where he goes, "They shot him for holding a hero sandwich, and they blow him away." And like, oh my god, that's not a gun; it's a hero sandwich. He's got a fucking yeah, hero exactly. Sandwich. Yeah, well, that actually happened to a kid. So yeah, uh, most were inner city: Chicago, L.A., yeah. New York, and Miami specifically. While over half were white, black and Latinos were shot disproportionately, and nearly ninety percent were males in their teens or twenties. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Now, here's the second thing I want you to think about. 2020, specifically the second half of 2020, okay. saw unprecedented murder spike in major U.S. cities. The second Seattle, half being June and beyond, so after George Floyd. Uh-huh. Yep. 70, Seattle had a 74% jump in the murder rate. In the last half of 2020. The murder Orleans rate of cops a, killing people? No, no. The just, murder rate. Just, just general, people okay, murdering gotcha. people. Yeah. New Orleans had a 62% jump. Atlanta, a 58% jump. Chicago, a 56% jump. Goes on and on. Las Vegas even had a 14% jump. Mm. So what you've got is, right now we've got this whole thing, where on one hand we have, so we have, we have Black Lives Matter. We have the argument that the that the system is racist and that the uh, the police are killing an inordinate amount of black men. Um, you have sort of like the facts on the ground where yeah they're killing more black men than they should. I mean I'm not going to argue about it. It's disproportionate. Yeah. But ultimately, when you look at it, it's only about again it's not. I, I feel really weird. Minim I don't want to minimize it, but don't. in the Just grand don't. scheme, well, no. In the grand scheme <laughs> of things, three hundred. No, in the grand scheme of things, out of nine hundred thousand police officers in the country, three hundred are shot without without any provocation. Is not a lot. I mean, in terms of the number of cops, no, three hundred is so not much that many. Than that. Because so tell me why it's bigger than that because maybe it's escaping me and I'm just missing because it's one of the things is yeah, I'm not sure what what in the system makes it systemic racism because I'm not seeing yeah. systemic racism I mean I'm seeing individual pockets of bigotry and a blue line that says we're not going to prosecute cops which is not the same as bigotry. Right. It's the, the two things. So are together. I'm, I'm, so I'm they're, just they're, trying to say, so, so share with me why this is systemic and why it's all cops. Cause I, I, I really don't see it. And so I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Well, so the all cops thing is a tricky statement and I know that I've made it and I, I, I have to walk it back a little bit because it isn't not all cops are dicks. Not all cops are murderers. Not all cops are racists. There are some can good I, apples. There are yeah, some well, good no, apples. Can I, 
Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I just? Because yeah. I agree with you, but I just want to say it's not just not all cops are murderers. It's that the overwhelming number of cops yeah. are okay. not murderers. Right. I, it's, that's not the thing. Is that's a yeah. that's a fun little game to play rhetorically. Not all cops are murderers, which indicates that there are so many that well, then cops in general can be. But the, the reality, the simple reality is. That out of 900,000 cops that are hired and are employed by municipalities all across this country, less than 2% have even fired their guns in a way that harms somebody. So so to say that, well, not all cops well, are murderers. I mean, no, we need, we need the to... overwhelming majority of cops are not murderers. So that's that's the correct answer. Well, but I'm, think, I'm, again, yeah, but the he, system does say that they protect those who do, and that is wrong. They, I'm, I'm with yes. that. Yes, so it... And it's also not just about cops shooting people because Derek Chauvin didn't shoot anybody. Derek Chauvin took time to oh, yeah. torture and murder somebody with his fucking knee. Mm-hmm. Kept his gun holstered. Had his hand in his fucking pocket. Dude was just hanging out. Just hanging out. Looking like yep. Colin Kaepernick at the beginning of a football game, hanging out mm-hmm. on one knee. Fuck that guy. Not Colin Kaepernick. Colin, he's fine. Shitty yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Shitty fucking quarterback. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> the problem is that all the good, the good apples that don't kill, that aren't racist, that don't use excessive force, that don't just walk around like waiting to rough up a kid who jaywalked or, uh, whatever the, whatever the, the, the little thing is that they just get to, you know, flex their chest and bang on it and throw their dick around. And that can go for female cops too. Uh, mm-hmm. it's that. When you hear, when, when the good apple hears about a bad apple doing bad shit, doesn't stand up against it, doesn't report them, because they're afraid of their job, they're afraid of their life, they're afraid that they're going to get threatened, because we know that that happens. And I mm-hmm. understand, you got to protect your shit. I got a fucking family, man. I got I to gotta pay the bills. I got to look out for me a little bit, too. And if that fucking guy roughed up that kid and shot that kid and that was wrong... Ah, I'm going to let justice, I'm going to let the justice system take its course. The problem is that the justice system is set up to protect the person who used excessive force. And they don't well, no, speak actually, up. So when they it's, don't it's speak actually, up, they it's become actually not, part no, of the problem. I'm, I'm going to back you up. It's, the system is not designed to protect the person who's brutal. The system is, and, and you know, and that's the thing is, good or ill, that's how the system is, and police unions have a lot to do with this. Yeah. It's it's it, what it is is exactly like Charles Blow says. It's not that it's there to protect them. It's that it is there to make it much, make it very difficult to prosecute a police officer in the line of duty because it, yeah. Uh, actually, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a perfect example. I'm gonna give you a perfect because I get it. I totally understand it. But uh, what last last week uh, there was the 16 year old girl who was knifing another girl in pink. Yeah, and she got shot by a cop. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I understand, but one of the most ridiculous things I heard was the excuse for that was that, you know, girls that age have knife fights and they shouldn't be policed. And my response was, what? I think I read that online that, that, that was, that's an actual activist Who argument. Said that? Oh, fuck. It was Shut one of, fuck up. Yeah, I know, I, but I'm saying, you know, that's what I'm saying. And I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a stupid argument, but I also thought to myself, okay, now I'm not, I'm not saying she deserved to die for it. Yeah. Under no circumstances does anybody deserve to die for that. However, if you see the picture, she's got a woman pinned to a car and she's got a knife she's going to stick in her. Yeah. You you have a re I think it's a reasonable response that if you have a knife and you're going to knife somebody in the street and there is a police officer there that there's a real good chance you're probably going to get shot. I mean, it just Yeah. makes okay. sense to me. So let's talk about that for one second. I Sure. I'm just I, curious. Yeah. I, I don't see how that's systemic. The way that I just I, say that's the way it works. The and I, I, I applaud the Columbus police for releasing the body cam footage ahead of schedule instantly, yeah. and they should do that every time. Yes. So I, transparency I, 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 I give is them, a big deal. I give them credit for that. Uh, this 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 teenage Micaiah Bryant, Micaiah Bryant. So Micaiah Bryant, you know, okay, give, just give me a second to, to parse this shit out. So. Sure. Often when these things happen, we get inundated with the news and we start to get like background about the the cop 
and the victim and Micaiah Bryant. It's like she was a foster kid and, you know, the Quam McDonald had all these things. We don't know that stuff when we're rolling up, we, that when the cops are rolling up to the, they don't know her situation. They don't know that she's mentally ill or anything like that. So it's automatically harder than even when it's breaking news three hours after it happened. We already have hindsight, those of us watching, right? We're, we are not the mm-hmm. cops. The cops go into a situation with, in most cases, fuck all for context, right? If they know, yeah. like, this is a kid who is mentally ill and is having a, I'm making this up, you know, a bipolar breakdown, treat it differently. You know, like, they'll, maybe they'll do that. I don't know. So this, the defense or the explanation that the Columbus Police Department gave was that it is within our our rules and regulations and our training and everything else, our procedures, if there is a, a threat to the police or a third party, lethal mm-hmm. force can be used. And like, yeah. and I'm I'm like I get that. I totally get that. Yeah, I gotta tell you, if if here's uh, the if thing so, though. I don't he, care well, if she's minute, a, a fo- I don't care if she's a foster child. I don't care right. if she came from a broken home. No. I don't care if she's Doesn't mentally matter. ill. If I'm up Doesn't against matter. a car and some woman is gonna stab me with a fucking knife, right. and the cop stops and lets them stab me because no. they're afraid that You're right. I'm not I'm not happy about that. Here's the that. thing. <laughs> Police have more options than just their their firearm. They have uh, hand-to-hand combat training. They have de-escalation. Tr- you know what? They have a taser. He could have easily. He was behind her, and he yeah, could have. She was. And he, that seemed and he like was a probably, taser moment to me. And he was probably twenty-five feet behind her from the body footage. That you get see. a little closer. And, what? How? David? Dude, she had a knife. She was going to stab the woman. How much time do you think you should give it before you take you intervene? Okay, fine. Here's another option. I'm just saying. Shoot her, just shoot her in the lower leg. I mean, shoot her dude, once in the dude, lower leg. Here, here, here's the thing. And this Do you ever is shoot what her it, four I, times in the chest? Maybe shoot her well, once in the lower I, leg to uh, bring her down. This is what I find frustrating. I find frustrating. And I get it. You know, that thing is, is I'm still waiting to hear systemic. In well, terms of the institution, there are major problems with the institution, but almost none of them have to do with race. Well, I believe that the systemic racist racism cops. in America, that police. I don't say it. That police are, you see the disproportion of excessive force uh, and patrols and searches and seizures and raids and everything else disproportionately done to, mm-hmm. to communities and people of color. You want to, okay, and here's the thing I think is interesting. Do you know why, um, especially in urban areas, uh, why there is that disproportion? Do tell. All right. In the 70s, what happened in the 70s is they had a massive spike uh, all across the country. Massive spike in violent crime. I mean, they and, and police departments in L.A., everybody, nobody knew what to fucking do about it. Nobody could figure it out what they could do. And I want to point out that this was just after the civil rights riots of the 60s. So you just had a lot of uh, anti-police sort of rhetoric going around. You had a lot, but you had massive amounts of violent crime happening, not by police necessarily, but just violent crime in general, right? So the cops were trying to figure out what to do. Well, they, the, the Kansas City police hired uh, a couple of experts to kind of look at it and mm-hmm. say, what, how do we solve this problem? Mm-hmm. And what they discovered was that most crime in almost inner, any inner city area, most crime doesn't happen in a section of, but, but literally like four or five blocks of almost any city has most of its crime. Okay. So what they said, what they said was, and at the time you couldn't just go into those blocks and just look at some normal citizen and say, you know, there was no stop and frisk. There was no like, hey, this is long before stop and frisk. But what they did figure out is that if you caught somebody with a motor vehicle violation, any motor vehicle, the tiniest motor vehicle violation, if you pulled somebody over for a motor vehicle violation, you were constitutionally protected and you could search their car without consent. That was that was the law, right? Mm-hmm. 
So they said, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're not even going to put more cops because they tried patrolling. They tried community policing. They tried everything. Nothing worked. So what they did was they said, we're going to use smaller group of cops. They're going to be, you know, a, a, a smaller patrol. But their whole job, all they were to do was pull over anybody with a car that had any kind of motor vehicle violation so they could search the car. And what they discovered was they were finding drugs and guns and they were arresting people and it just happened to be. It wasn't like they said, oh, go look at the black neighborhoods or go look at the predominantly Latino neighborhoods. They said, look at these, these are the blocks. These are the five blocks are where these, all of this crime is happening. gang areas, gang territories? Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Right, so let's look but at they, why, why do they exist in these neighborhoods? Well, okay. But the thing is, that's a, again, I understand what you're saying, but why gangs are in those areas is a completely different issue and a different solution than anything to do with police reform. It's a completely different issue. So to to to, to sort of mix them together, I don't. I one mean, is one is police reform needs to happen. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Poverty oh, needs to be taken care that. of. Well, anyway. well, all right. Those people are idiots. Yeah. Um, you know, poverty is an issue that every inner city, red line, all of these are problems, but each has, I'll give you another example. Um, there was a study done, and this was about, uh, I want to say this was like 12 years ago, study done, um, and they discovered, and they, I mean, it was tested in, uh, it wasn't Minneapolis, it was, but it was a Northwestern, it was like Michigan or something like that. But basically what they discovered was if they left, if they turned the street lamps on an hour earlier than they normally turned the, the evening street lamps on yeah, and left them on an hour later than they had rarely done, they dropped violent crime in those areas by 35%. Well, duh, because the only fucking idiot that's going to make an attack in... So Daylight. instead, uh, all right. Well, anyway, so then, yeah, all right, so instead, on. instead. So, but I'm saying is, we know this. This is this is established science. This is proven. So, if we know this to be the case, instead of like giving cops more militarized cars and you know body yeah. armor, yeah. why not just get some more fucking lights and turn them on all day and and you know, like illuminate yeah, the areas? Why not? Why not do that? Why not and do so, that? I, I, but the thing about it is, is that the site it's, and it's because they get more drugs by stopping cars. So this is a war on drugs thing. I mean, everything traces back to something else: hip bone, knee bone, ankle bone. It's all fucking connected. See, I again, you and I have had this conversation. I know we do this a lot. I, I, I know. And I, well, the thing is, I can't. I that's the thing. I can't agree that like, oh, ho, oh, everything in the system is connected and bad. So let's just what. Pick one and throw everything well, else out. Hang on a second, Don. I don't understand your argument. You're, you're I really good, don't. But you should because okay. Here's here's the thing. You're a good storyteller. You understand. I mean, look. Let, let me give you a real world situation. I love real world situations. I read about them all the time. <laughs> you were the host of the Moth. Okay. The Moth Grant or the Moth Slam, whatever the hell it was called, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Chicago for a number of years. Five years. Five years. The rule of the moth storytelling is you need to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. Now you've got people that could show up and they could give a beginning, middle, and end, but they don't connect and they're not it's not quite good. You know, it needs some work. And they don't win the slam. So they don't make it to the Grand Slam. But then you get somebody who shows up, like Nestor Gomez, right? He shows up, and his beginning, middle, and end, oh, they connect so They weren't in the beginning. The beginning, they weren't. Okay, but it took time, and then he starts yeah, he to learned, get it. he learned. So you're going to have to totally connect this to... Uh, but what he gets to, as, a, as the brilliant magnificent probably the best storyteller that i've ever met oh you're ridiculous he's not the best storyteller anybody's ever met no sarah bunger's the best storyteller. she's won the grand slam twice see that thing is winning a grand slam does not make you the best storyteller but whatever actually I, all kidding aside the best storyteller that i've ever met is my friend jeff minor that dude like when i was a kid or a kid. I mean, I was like yeah. twenty something. I was like, "You tell the best." When I before I even like understood the concept of 
Best storyteller so like, I ever met was, he was my just, grandpa. The second best I ever met was my dad. But and and but Miner was like he was the bartender story. He wasn't. I was a boy in the fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He no, he'd be like, character. all right. So when I was in fourth grade, and he would just get. To, what I'm saying is this: yeah. get to the point. The, yes. the story, the storyline, the narrative, it all connects. You cannot have a middle if it doesn't connect to the beginning. You cannot have the end. And if you have a different, otherwise you're going to have a different end. So every, that's how history works. This is a brilliant, this is a brilliant analogy. And so what I would say is if you're going to help somebody that is trying to learn how to tell stories, which I'm you not, don't start, you don't start by fixing the middle. You don't start by fixing the end. Okay. You start by fixing the beginning. And so I believe that the beginning began. Okay. Where do you with, think the beginning began? With a fair amount of racism. An exclusion in the United States. Women were out. Land poor people were out. Black people were sure as fuck out. You know, and and what I'll say is, and, and that's I, where I, I guess I, I we disagree. I'm not going to say that racism and sex, because again, you again, I love how, this is the game. It started with racism, and so I'm going to throw women in there too. No, that has nothing to do with racism. No, I said women not having the right women. I'm, I'm grouping, you know, I mean, but 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 you're you're lumping things. it all together. You're lumping it all together. Those are two completely different things. Two completely different forms of exclusion. Not at and the, the most important. At the beginning, yeah, when they were no, writing the no. Constitution of the United States. Yeah, they, they, and they were women, very they excluded specific. black people. They excluded poor people. Well, okay, and what I would say is, if you want to start at the beginning and you want to start with the Constitution, it was poor people. Because women were poor because they couldn't own property, and black people were poor because they were slaves. Oh, and there were plenty poor of rich women. Could, Come on, you think what, Martha Washington wasn't rich? They Fuck didn't off. own it, dude. She didn't own anything. Right. Women were not allowed to own anything. So because really, she was a woman. At the beginning, it was poor people. Not let's just let's 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 micro. It was oh, poverty versus wealthy. Okay. Fine. So if you want to go to the beginning, we're going to say the beginning is poverty. Okay, oh, so. God. What? You're parsing apart the thing that we no, agree you're on. Par- no, no. You're parsing it. I'm saying we agree that it was poor people. You want to go make on. it poor black people and poor women and poor this and poor that. Poor. That was what was excluded. You could, the people, white male, white males, if they didn't own land, were also excluded. I said poor people. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. All poor people. Poor people were the first, and have always been in every civilization. Poor people but are always allowed, the ones that are the first excluded. If they allowed excluded. women to own land, Martha Washington could have owned land, and she would have been rich. If they Probably allowed not. women, if they allowed women to be rich, she would have. They would have been rich. There would have been plenty well, of rich so, women but, on their own. Well, and if they, you, you're right. And if they'd allowed slaves to be rich, then slaves would have been rich. And then we wouldn't I mean, have what had a stupid what if or sexism. Like it wouldn't have. No, it would have we would have had. We we would have had sexism and we would have had racism, but we'd still have poverty. So if you want to talk about, let's start from the beginning, and now we're going to bring it back to today. Well, but even Don, even no, let's even bring it in back a to just today, system, the we'll issue, still have the poverty. Issue is how is, we treat that poverty. Well, no, we don't have to have poverty. I mean, no, we're going to have agree. those. We don't. We don't have there's to. There's a difference. We do. The thing is, there's and a difference between there's a difference between a, a, a tiered class economically, where you have people that have a lot, people that have some, and people have less or little. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we have to have poverty. It doesn't mean the people on our lowest ladder rung have to have fucking nothing that, that that their streets are overrun and bullshit and that they have no schooling and that that there's no need for Don't, poverty in the richest country exi- in the world that, that exists though it does exist and it, and what I'm it exists saying, in our city right here and what i'm my city and what i'm yeah. and what i'm saying is what i'm saying is if you want to start at the beginning of your beginning middle and end story you don't start with racism and you don't start with sexism. You start with poverty. Because if you solve that problem, most of the other issues are going to solve themselves. There's always going to be people that are sexist. There's always going to be people that are racist. I That is not... In any, and anybody that thinks there's some Shangri-La utopia where there are going to not be bigots I, of any stripe no, is, you're right. is fooling I, themselves. I agree but with part of that. if we solve the, poverty, the money, then we solve most money, of those problems. Ugh, I, almost said, I almost said unironically and totally unaware of the cliché 
money is the root of all evil. But it is. Like, the reason, I think, in large part that O.J. Simpson, because, come on, that motherfucker killed those two people. Oh, everybody knows O.J. Simpson <laughs> killed her. Yeah, everybody knows that. But the reason that. he got off is because he could afford to get off. He could afford yeah. to hire an incredible legal team. Yeah. An incredible legal team. He could afford that. That's money. That's that's wealth. I mean, it's, and you know, so, I love that South, so my this, favorite South Park ever is where they talk about Magic Johnson, like how he is like the only person in the 90s to get HIV and not get AIDS and not die. Why is it? Because he just fucking has money and he blends it up in a blender and drinks it. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and yeah, I think yeah, that they're, I mean, it's absurd and, but like. it's a, Yeah, but it's, a, but there is. See, this is what. So this, so the thing is, I think you and I agree, and I think you and I agree about this. And this is the thing is, is if you were to, and I, that's what I'm saying is if you want to, if you want to solve the problem of, you know, and I, I remember, and I wrote my ironic, perhaps satirical, but I don't, I still don't think it was untrue. Uh, you know, if, if, if you really wanted to reduce, like if, or if, if your examples of systemic racism are that there is a disproportionate uh, number of black men in prisons, which we know is uh, horrifying and egregious. Okay, that schools are are uh, black schools, predominantly black schools, are inordained. They're they're obviously disadvantaged financially in every possible way. Um, and I can't remember the third one was, but it's like okay, so if you want to eliminate that okay if you want to get so that there's not more black men in prison than everybody else in the free fucking world yeah legalize drugs that's all you have to do is legalize all drugs and then you know what there will not be because most black men that are in prison right now are in prison because of drug related charges that's a fact and and non-violent non-violent exactly it's so 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 you fucking die again yeah get rid of the war on drugs yeah. Get rid of get rid of the requirement that schools are paid for with property taxes, because that's why right mm-hmm. now, if you want to look at why black schools get less money, oh yeah, it's because their property values suck, yeah. and so they don't get any property taxes. So eliminate that as the way to pay for schooling and have something else pay for schooling. You know, have another. You know, I mean, Biden's got us what five I mean, trillion. Let's have dude, another trillion God, pay for schools. I'm, I'm so but of the, the thing opinion. About just is, make the money, America. The just thing make about it. It we is, showed we it, can. This, fuck it. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week is a listen. Uh, take a load off, man. Uh, there's a podcast called Chris Demakes a podcast. Chris Demakes is from the uh, the punk ska band Less Than Jake, and he hosts this really great podcast where he brings in other, uh, you know, rock and roll punk uh, artists, uh, musicians, and they talk about songwriting. And it's just this really cool, like, get into the nerdiness of how songs came about, what all this shit does, and it gets fucking geeky. And it's really great. Um, and I, I especially recommend this for our good friend and past guest and future guest, uh, James Ford. Because uh, I think he'll get a real kick out of this, but yeah, it's just there you it's, go. it's it is a music nerd, like boner nerd boner. Yeah, my number one is in the New York Magazine. Um, it is in the Culture Pages. It's by Maya Binyam. It is Esther Perel goes off script. Um, she became Uh-oh, today's Esther. most famous couples. She's she became today's most famous couples therapist by ignoring all the rules of the trade. The reason I number one found it fascinating <laughs> is that I produced what? I produced. I produced a couple of podcasts with her in New York and L.A. Because I have no like idea who this podcasts. is, and I'm a, I'm a therapy that's guy. Why, that's, okay. that's why you should read this. Esther Perel is a phenomenal couples therapist, and she is, I mean, she's amazing. Um, and like I said, I, I enjoyed meeting her and knowing her a little bit, just in the, in the briefest way. She's just a lovely person. But she's got really good piece of advice. She had a, a podcast for a while, and she stopped doing it because she got bored. But <laughs> um, she did. She got bored with it. But she's got this story on her gives you a lot of information about her, and I like it, and I think it's well worth the read. All right. My next thing is also read New York Times. Uh, long title here. Uh, there's a name for that blah you're feeling. It's called Languishing. This is by Adam Grant. I read, I read this, yeah. And what's funny about this is that I think this came out like on Monday or Tuesday of last week. 
before it came out, my boss, we had like a, a team meeting and he was like, how's everyone feeling? Like, I'm, I want to put this word out there. Languishing. Languish. Like, you don't know. And he's talking about this whole thing. And we're like, yes, that's it. And then, and you know what my response? 20, to, oh yeah, like, like a day later, we're all this, like, all of us were like, uh, did you and know I read that, that article. <laughs> I read that article, and two things occurred to me: was that uh, it's the it's the ult- we've, we've, this is, it's, this it's, is it's, not it's, a Don Hall article. No, 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 it's not a Don Hall. Article. It's is that this now, is very much a David Himmel article. We're gonna we're gonna just call everything pandemic related <laughs> for at least the next year. This could be I've got pandemic entropy. So I know. I've got pandemic. Oh, I can't do well, this thing because of the pandemic. And so what he calls yeah. languishing, I call lazy as fuck and finding an excuse well, to not do shit. No, it's it's. Uh, oh, I, mean, I just yes. oh my. Feels and I just can't get up and well, do. You know what? You're from Grow the, the fuck up and You've build your house. But here, here's what's funny is that when you were talking about how the the murder <laughs> the murder rate like went up in 2020, my first thought was, well, yeah, they were 2020 feels they, they were not they weren't language. They were killing like crazy, <laughs> they like, man. They were busy. I need something to do. Let's go kill the motherfucker. I don't yeah. want to work I, for I a living or get out of my house, but I certainly want to kill my neighbor. Let's purge them. I don't want to feel bad about things. Yeah, let's. I'm tired of eating Cheetos. Let's get the fuck out of here and kick a motherfucker till he's dead. Uh, no, yeah. but I think <laughs> I was thinking that like I think 2020 really. All of the, the, the data behind it, murders, uh, all the horrible data, murders, uh, domestic abuse, all of this shit. Not that it's not important, but that 2020 is a weird anomaly of a year because there was, and even 2021 and maybe 2022, because the effects of, this is not a normal Yeah, by 2022, I'll tell you, by, by the time we get to 2022, if in February of 2022, anybody looks at me and says, oh, the pandemic, I'm just going to jack no, him in the I throat agree. and say, shut the fuck up. Get over it. Yes. It's over. At some All point, right. yes. Because I was thinking, yes. I got my first It's like shot everybody's yesterday, my first yeah. vaccine shot. And I was like, I'm going to save all of this shit for when my grandkids or great-grandkids go through this. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Look at that when they were there for that. And I don't want them to be thinking, yeah. And we're still suffering from the because the nineteen yeah, the nineteen like, nineteen Spanish flu. This is why we're in the spot we're in because we forgot all the fuck. Because we about forgot it. how this shit worked. <laughs> yes. All right. My second thing is an article in Marie Claire of all things. Marie you Claire, dainty boy. I am dainty. It's by Caitlin Minsa, um, and it is called the Do Gooder Ploy. Okay. Um, it's uh, the 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 subheadline is. Uh, hey, want a collab? It's the social media version of You Up, but as our investigation what? shows, more insidious and maybe preying on your desire to create social change. Stop. It is an what? article. How, how it's do an article. You Up as like, oh, you know what You Up, what is You Up? Well, you're too old for this, but that's basic. You Up is basically like tech speak for uh, sex. Hello. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, so I mean, wait, I'm I'll give you, so is this, get, is this ageism? Are you promoting ageism? No, I am I'm just gonna, offended. Since you don't seem to understand the fucking subheadline, I'm going to read the first paragraph. We would love to collaborate with you as an ambassador, read the message sent by Made with Melanin, a company selling t-shirts, jewelry, and keychains emblazoned with phrases like Black Lives Matter. We would love to share a discount with you for everything on the site. This is an article about how certain people are utilizing the social justice movement simply to make a buck. That's what it's about. Okay, what you just said I right just thought, there, the last four seconds. I just thought it was an interesting article. That made sense to me. You reading the first paragraph and the subhead and the headline made no sense to me. You know why? Because it's right. fucking insane. So read it, and then you'll know. I thought it was a... The thing is, for Marie Claire, it was actually pretty good investigative journalism. They regular, they dug in deep, well, and they were also, also even-handed. Like, let's take advantage... They were even-handed to say that, that this was... Basically, they were basically saying there are people, and they put this in there, there are pl- plenty of people that are actually motivated for serious social justice change and are motivated, but there is a whole group of pariah yeah. that are glomming onto that, and it's sort of like the guy that, that made, a, you know, made... 
hundreds of thousand dollars selling uh, little tiny American flags right after 9-11. It's that's, like, you fucking grifter piece of shit. That's the David Cross it's the same bit. thing. Yeah, David Cross has yeah. a wonderful bit. He's like, oh, hello, flag money. Hello, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, so it's, I just I, I thought it was an interesting Jesus, article. Go ahead. It was confusing. All right, my no, last thing is a watch. Um, at the drop of this podcast, it will have ended. We will yeah, have I our answers. You've said it every fucking week. Because it's so good. Yeah, it is good. It's really, really good. Watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I got to say, last week, episode five. Yeah. Is probably my favorite simply because we really get... The, it's... Okay. Uh, Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner. James yeah. Earl Jones, right? Like we love that. Yeah. We, I'm saying, I'm assuming you love that movie because you're everybody loves you're that a movie. Boy of the everybody 80s. loves that movie. Yeah, when everybody loves that movie. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Does that not break yeah. you into a thousand pieces of tears and heart and? No, it. I, I love that movie for different reasons. Oh. Remember, I I came from a multiple series of uh, stepfathers, so the Didn't whole. You, do you want, want to play a catch dad with that, my... But like, you never got no that. most of and you most never of the men of in my life. Like the Americana thing, like that's a thing. Like catch with your dad. Never, no? okay. never even occurred to me. So, it was never a thing for me. That's well, but, not what part. That's not what that movie really gets me on. So, but, but I get Sam, it. I understand why when it does. Sam and Bucky. Are throwing the shield against the trees at Sam's house. Oh, it's so good. And they're yeah, just talking, good. and they're having this like real heart to heart, and they're just playing catch. They're playing catch, and they're yeah. talking, and it, and they're like, I didn't catch the catch thing. I I, I saw that they they're were just uh, playing catch I, with Captain America's fucking shield. Fucking shield. <laughs> it's All right. Huge. So I'm definitely uh, gonna watch it. We're gonna talk about that next yeah. week. My third thing, uh, and it is uh, the Hollywood Reporter. Um, it is their mm. uh, their Oscars 2021. Issue. It is by Tatiana Siegel and it is called Hollywood's Most Decorated Pariah. <laughs> great headline. It's a great yes, headline. Despite, despite his Oscars, a Tony, and a dozen Emmy noms, Kevin Spacey has reached, reached a tipping point as he faces legal challenges on three fronts stemming from accusations of sexual misconduct that make it unlikely he'll ever work in the industry again. And it's a really it, 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 what I liked about it more than anything else is because I've kind of heard, you know, you kind of get a little, yeah. I, mean, I still like Kevin Spacey in movies, but you really get a sense that this guy was, he was like the gay Harvey Weinstein. This guy was, yeah. this guy was a real scumbag. I mean, he really just was a horny fag and just got all over everybody <laughs> all the time. Dude. I mean, this guy was just God. horrible. Well, he was, he was just <laughs> horrible. And, and like, I mean, it's just like, I love the beginning the be- I got to read you the beginning. This blows my mind. <laughs> September 2012, Kevin Spacey injured his hand while holding a burning flag during a promotional shoot for the first season of Netflix House of Cards. A 20-something production assistant with tax with driving him to the hospital. So he's burnt the shit out of his hand. <laughs> A 20-year-old kid's driving to the hospital. He's too wounded to work. He apparently wasn't too impaired to sexually harass this kid. This guy was an insane... This guy just walked around with a horny dick all the time and couldn't stop himself, even when his fucking hand is burned up. He's still going, hey, can I touch it? Can I stroke your balls? It's like, unbelievable, man. You got any fantasies about getting jerked off by the human torch? Uh, Right? I just... I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So it's it's actually an an eye-opening fucking uh, article, and I highly recommend the read. I gotta and say, then, I'm, Kevin Spacey. And then you gotta watch. And then you gotta go watch the Negotiator or uh, is the Kevin Usual Spacey Suspects. That Usual Suspects, great. Uh, yeah. House of Cards. Like, I feel like Kevin Spacey is really great in a bunch of shitty movies. Seven. Fuck you, seven. Well, no, I didn't say all. Seven is great. Yeah. Usual Suspects, great. Yeah. Pay How many forward? great movies is fucking stupid? Pay it forward was a turd. Uh, what was the one with the weird where he was like the space alien? That was terrible. Oh god, 
Yeah, Who he didn't do it. Yeah. Like, all just, of his I, movies Even House of Cards. Like, House of Cards was guy, good for, like, two seasons, and it's like, okay, we get it. Everyone shut the fuck up. The guy got... But the guy has been... I mean, and that's yeah. what I think is so funny. He's, American he's, Beauty was kind of stupid, too. American Beauty. No, I love that. It's a great movie. Are you I nuts? Might, I might need to go back American and watch American Beauty it, is one of remember, the best... It's one of the best movies ever made. L.A. Confidential? Fuck you. I thought L.A. Confidential this guy was pretty is, stupid, too. You're an idiot. He was great. Oh, my God. Um, he was in Moon. He was in, which is a great fucking movie. Um, is it? Yeah, all right. I thought he was the best Lex Luthor I've seen in Superman Returns, but everybody hates that movie, I, so that's uh, fine. No, I love Superman Returns. You know, I, I, I love, love it. I love it. Lex Luthor and Superman Returns. Superman K-Pax, Returns is K-Pax. a great film. How yeah, is Superman I think it's Returns a great film. not a good film? Uh, but American Beauty, um, he was in Dumb. Early Burley, he was in The Negotiator, he was in The Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, he was in L.A. Confidential, he was in A Time to Kill, he was in Seven, he was in whoa, Outbreak, whoa, 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 whoa. He was in A Time to Kill? Yeah. He was the district attorney. <gasps> I mean, this Shit, guy... you're right. He was, he was yes. in the ref. Yeah. He was in the ref with Dennis Leary. No, Fuck I know. off. Dennis, Don, I didn't don't, say Don't tell all. me he was in I shitty said, movies. I said a lot of shitty movies. I didn't say the all. The guy was in... Yeah, he, wasn't in a, he was in a lot of great movies. He was in a lot of great That's movies, what I'm too. Okay, fine. And, and he was a terrible, awful, homosexual horn dog. Who Apparently. Fucking... Who fucking like tried to fuck every fourteen-year-old guy he found? I just don't get it. Read this article. It's like this guy just couldn't stop himself. It's, weird. it's like he's a serious. I've never. I mean, aside from sort of like the Harvey Weinstein stuff, which I still to this day think is so fucking weird. I mean, yeah. I get it. If if women think they're going to get you know a career in Hollywood yeah, from power jerking does them it. off, Donald Trump was I right. Get that. They let you do but it. But he also. Yeah. But the things are like, we're like, hey, can I masturbate in this plant and let you watch me? It's like, I just, what well, the fuck? Wasn't that... Uh, no, that was Weinstein. Was that Weinstein in or the was plant. that... No, that Louis C.K. masturbated in front of people, but not in a plant. Weinstein was in the plant. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, this shit is so I weird. I track of it all. And know. so when I look at Kevin Spacey and I read this article, I always knew he was sort of like, I knew, I'd, I'd read that he, that he, you know, had sexually molested uh, Anthony Rapp when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I like Anthony Rapp, so it was like, all right. But you know, it's like, all right, I don't really know that much about it. And I read this article, and it's like, dude was trying to stick his dick into any child he could find. It's gross. Jesus oh my Christ. god, he was just ridiculous. So you got to read the article. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.